Hello and welcome to episode number 12 of Bill Man, the Sport Guys podcast. I am your host, Bill Man, where I get to report you the latest weekly news from the NFL, NBA, NHL, and MLB. Alrighty, everyone. So, Tim Tebow is back in the NFL as he signs a one-year deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I unfortunately don't know how much money or more contract info at the moment, but when I get more info, I will report it as soon as possible. And now into the NBA. The NBA playoffs will start on May 22nd, and I'm curious to know, who do you think has it this year in the NBA playoffs? Let me know in your thoughts. And okay, everyone, all sports and NBA fans, let's sit down. Because we need to talk about Kendrick Perkins, who is an NBA reporter and is also a reporter for First Take at times. Ooh, now, to be fairly honest, I think Ken, I don't think Kendrick Perkins is bad. He's not that bad. But just like First Take, for those of you that don't know, First Take is a show, like, early, early in the morning, like, 9 to 11 a.m., in ESPN, basically, you know, Stephen A. Smith, Molly Corner, Max Kellerman, I don't need to go into full detail. I mean, it's it's quite obvious what they do. They just try to do a debate. But Kendrick Perkins, I have to say, what an absolute clown that man is. So for those of you that don't know, earlier last week, Kendrick Perkins, so one of the questions on first take was, which championship is harder to win, the NFL or the NBA? And Kendra Perkins, a former NBA championship back in 2008 with the Boston Celtics, has apparently came out and said that it's harder to win the NBA championship than it is in the NFL championship. Um, I beg your pardon, Kendrick Perkins? Uh, I don't think you seem to remember that NBA playoffs, seven games, you get four tries compared to the NFL, 16 games, and move on or you lose. You don't get a reset, unlike the NBA, NHL, and MLB. Now, one of his claims was, oh, it depends on the momentum. Well, that's for all sports. Anyway, oh. Now, to be fair, now, to be honest, winning an NFL championship is actually a lot harder. I don't think he even notices that. The fact that there's 16 games and you only get one shot. It's not the NBA, NHL, MLB, where it's best of seven and you got to win four. In order to move on. Now. And his other reasons were like the traveling. The conditioning. Well at times. Conditioning. Sure. I might give him a break for that. But traveling. That's just a lame reason. A very lame reason. To say that it's harder. And that's more clown status for him. Compared to the NFL. And you know what's actually more you know what's actually also more harder about winning an NFL championship? You got helmets and you're going head to head. You're getting hit like 500 times a game. 
compared to maybe you're getting fouled like 20 times a game. And like, yes, sports are physical. I am well aware of that. But to say that a seven-game best of four, like you got to win four, is harder than one game where you win, move on, or you lose, go home, and you don't get another game, like another momentum in the playoffs. I mean, it's outstanding. And I got to call ESPN for being trash at times. Including Kenrick Perkins. What a trash. Like, what a clown you are. So, yeah. Guys, is Kendrick Perkins a clown? Or is he right? Let me know your thoughts on that. All right. And now on to Major League Baseball. So, after getting released and designated for assignment by the Los Angeles Angels, Albert Pujols... Oh boy, Angels fans. As most of us thought he went to the Cardinals. Apparently, that's not the case. He goes to the Los Angeles Dodgers on a major league deal. Unfortunately, I don't know the contract terms or money terms. So, once I find out news on that, I will report it back to you. And a cool, interesting fact about the Angels. Shohei Otani played right field, and still struck out 10 batters against the Astros back on May 11th. Now, the Angels did go on to lose that game, but but Otani's actually the first player in history to actually play an outfield position while still striking out 10-plus batters on the mound. That is an actually crazy, interesting stat. And former CUI Young winner Jordan Zimmerman has announced his is announcing his retirement from excuse me from Major League Baseball. Now, for those of you that don't know, Jordan Zimmerman was a starting pitcher. He played with the Washington Nationals from 2009 to 2015, and then he signs a five-year deal with the Detroit Tigers from 2016, and and the Tigers ended up letting him go. He walked into free agency after the 2020 season, and he goes on and signs a one-year deal with the Milwaukee Brewers, and he retires just after two games. So so Jordan Zimmerman's stats this season, he played in two games. He had no strikeouts. He had a 794 ERA. He pitched in 5.2 innings, no strikeouts, just as I mentioned. Uh, his whip was at 1.76, and he also gave up eight hits, five earned runs, and he walked two guys. Now, it is unfortunate that he did have to retire, as Jordan Zimmerman just seemed one of those players where they're on the rise, and you expect them to do well, but at times when they go to a new team, it everything just falls off the cliff, and it appears that what that's what appeared to be the case for Jordan Zimmerman. He was really dominant with Washington, and then leaves them in free agency, signs with the Detroit Tigers, and then everything just goes downhill. That is, it is unfortunate at times, and I wish Jordan Zimmerman nothing but the best, and congrats on a solid career. And now to the NHL. As the NHL playoffs is about to start, by the time I'm recording, there are three games. 
three games have already happened. And and for fun, Bill Man, I, Bill Man, the sports guy, will give out my top five NHL teams who I think will have a great chance at winning the Stanley Cup this year. Coming in number five, I have the Washington Capitals. Now, why? Alex Ovechkin, Nicholas Backstrom, still very solid. You've still got John Carlson. While their goaltending e has been a bit iffy, but okay-ish, even, even though you guys did lose Brayden Holpe to Vancouver. But I still want to see Ovi possibly win another cup before he retires. Now, coming at number four, I have the Carolina Hurricanes. Why? Now, don't get me wrong. The Carolina Hurricanes are a very solid team with the core of Sebastian Ajo, Tavo Teravainen, Andrei Svechnikov, Jacob Slavin on the blue line, Dougie Hamilton. While, yeah, they have an underrated blue line and a solid forward core, but just at times, I question their goaltending with James Reimer, Peter Morasnik. While they, they're solid, but is their goaltending duo strong enough to carry them to the Stanley Cup? That's my one big question. Coming in at number three, the Colorado Avalanche. Why? Now, I understand most people seem to have them as the favorites, but Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Miko Rantanen, Brandon Saad, Nazem Kadri, and then you got Kale McCarr on the blue line. Woo! Dirty, dirty, absolutely filthy. A very good dominating team. Now, their goaltending duo, like Carolina and like Washington, they're not the strongest. While I do believe they might go far, but I just question their goalie duo. And they can't really afford to lose both their goalies in Philip Grubauer and Jan Fraun. Uh, okay. Coming at number two, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Why? It's the defending Stanley Cup champions. Steven Stamkos. Victor Hedman, they just got Nikita Kucherov back, who didn't even play a single game for them in the regular season. Braden Point, Victor Hedman, they're a really, really, really strong team. And Andre Vasilevsky, who's arguably, if not the best goalie right now in the NHL. But, like most championship teams, after they win their first championship, how are they going to respond? Are the Lightning going to get embarrassed, or are they going to move on? We will have, we'll just have to wait and see going forward. Now, coming in number one, I have the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Why? They're just a strong team. Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, they even got Cody Glass, Alex Tuck. They have Shea Theodore, who's a very fantastic defenseman. And they also have Alex Petrangelo, who they just signed in the previous offseason. And I love their goalie duo of Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. Woo, boy! Now, I do think Vegas arguably might have the best chance at winning the Stanley Cup this year. While I still think Colorado's going to go all the way, but I'm kind of leaning more towards Vegas. Let me know your thoughts on that. Alrighty. Oh, boy, everyone. I hope you all have your popcorn, candy, sodas, and all, because we have to talk about the Buffalo Sabres again. And this time, Jack Eichel seems 
very upset where it's now the point where he wants out. Now, he has gone on and said a lot of quotes. I didn't get down all the quotes, but I have two of his biggest quotes that he's mentioned. His first quote he mentions, For sure I would say I've been a bit upset about the way things have handled since I've been hurt. I would be lying to say that things have moved, have moved smoothly since my injury. So yeah, I think there's been a disconnect, I think from the organization and myself, it's been tough at times. So, I actually did just mention two of his quotes. Um, so, it appears Jack Eichel wants out mainly due to the fact that his injury, which he missed the last 33 games of the season with a herniated disc in his neck, and it appears him and his agent want his injury to get treated differently than how the Buffalo Sabres would like. Now, if you were to watch the Buffalo Sabres end locker room interview, which most NHL teams do when they don't make the playoffs, and if you were to watch Jack Eichel's, his is interesting, and you can tell by his face expression, that he looks very, very frustrated. He looks pretty irritated. And it seems that there is obviously a disconnect. And obviously, Buffalo Sabres fans, I wouldn't get angry or upset at Jack Eichel. I would aim angerness more towards the management. And it seems like that so far the general manager the general manager Kevin Adams has also came out and said that Jack Eichel has not requested a trade and it's just one of those situations like with Aaron Rodgers recently and Russell Wilson early on in the year where they're upset about their teams and then nothing has happened so far and i do believe Jack Eichel will leave i mean if i were in Jack Eichel's shoes and if the Buffalo Sabres aren't letting me control my body and you could hear one of the you you'll be able to hear one of the reporters say why won't they let why won't you do what you want it's your body which i agree with the reporter in it's his body he should do however he wants to get it treated but then again i guess like things are a bit are like part of a business i guess and i do feel bad for eichel the fact that he's stuck with buffalo for five more years at like a nine million dollar cap hit or like eight million, something like that. But at this point, Buffalo, you're just gonna have to blow it up. Cause you've angered your superstar. You even got another player who wants out. And if I were goaltender Linus Olmark, I would just get out of Buffalo as quick as I can. Just escape. Don't even think about resigning with Buffalo. And in fact, I might even go as far as to say I think NHL free agents should stay the heck away from the Buffalo Sabres because it just does not look pretty right now. And right now, if I had to predict three teams that I think Jack Eichel will get traded to, I'm kind of more lean more towards the New York Rangers, the LA Kings, and the Detroit Red Wings. I think there's just a slight chance that I think one of those three teams could have him by next season. And... He did also say 
I and another quote Jack Eichel did say was, I do want to play hockey, whether that may be. So it is also a big hint that he does want out of Buffalo. And Buffalo Sabres fans, let me know because I do think Jack Eichel is going to leave Buffalo. I'm sorry, Sabres fans. I feel bad for you all, but your team is just going to blow up once again. I'm very sorry, Buffalo Sabres fans, but yeah. And now into my NHL weekly teams and reviews, where I give out my latest weekly thoughts and opinions on NHL teams on how they did throughout this regular season. And today's NHL team this week, we're going to do the Detroit Red Wings. So it's clear the Detroit Red Wings are still rebuilding after making the playoffs about 26 straight years back from the 90s to 2016. And the, the Detroit Red Wings have obviously had a lot of success and a lot of good players over the years, such as Gordie Howe, Pavel Datsuk, Henrik Zetterberg, Chris Chelios, Jimmy Howard, and a lot more. And the Red Wings are in a, currently in a second year of their rebuild, and right now I don't expect too much from them throughout the offseason and coming into next season. So in 56 games played, the Red Wings finished with a record of 19-27-10 for 48 points, a 127 goals for, a 171 goals against, and a minus goal differential of minus 44. And they were 3-3-4 in their last 10 games. And their top five goal scorers, defenseman Philip Hironik in 56 games played, two goals, 24 assists for 26 points, followed by captain Dylan Larkin, in 44 games played, nine nine goals, 14 assists for 23 points before his his ending upper body injury. Adam Ernie in 45 games played, 11 goals, nine assists for 20 points. Phillips Adina in 49 games played, six goals, 13 assists, 19 points. And Robbie Fabry in 30 games played, 10 goals, eight assists for 18 points. And their goaltender stats: Thomas Grice, who they recently signed this past offseason. Starts in 28 games played, goes with a record of 8 15 and 8, a 270 goals against, and a 912 save percentage. Followed by backup Jonathan Bernier in 23 games started. He has a record of 9 11 and 1 with a 299 goals against and a 914 save percentage. So I got a couple questions for you, Red Wings fans. Jeff Blashell, your head coach. Ever since he's became the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings, he seems to have not made smart decisions. Now, throughout, whenever I looked at the Red Wings' lines to start games, I always scratched my head in, so you would have Dylan Larkin, your, your top guys that you would expect, but then one of your weird moves would be he would put somebody young like Philip Sedina or Evgeny Svetnikov, and you put him in the bottom six, and in the top six, you put out somebody like Valtteri Filpula, Andres Nielsen, or Franz Nielsen, or Darren Helm. Your most overpaid guys. I legitimately don't get that. And it seems that you Red Wings fans are frustrated. And if I was a Red Wing fan, I'd be frustrated too. So... Are you guys going to finally replace Jeff Blashell? Let me know your thoughts on that. 
And what do you do with guys such as Bobby Ryan, Thomas Grice? Do you try and move them in the offseason? Or do you hold on, possibly re-sign them into next season, and then see what happens come trade deadline? Now, I do think the Red Wings will end their rebuild within the next three years, to say the least. But I do expect more improvements from them moving forward. So let me know your thoughts on that, Red Wings fans. And that sums up as some questions for you sport fans to let me know. Let me know your thoughts on Tim Tebow being back in the NFL. Is Kendrick Perkins a clown? Because I certainly think he's one of the biggest clowns in the sports world at the moment. Will Jack Eichel leave? Will the Detroit Red Wings improve? How will Albert Pujols do with the Los Angeles Dodgers? Are Angels fans mad at him? And is Shohei Otani this current Major League era of Babe Ruth? Is he one of the next GOATs? Let me know your thoughts on that. And thank you for tuning in in episode number 12 of Bill Man the Sport Guys podcast. I am your host, Bill Man. Stay tuned for episode number 13. Peace.